Hello and welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. This week we're going to be heading uh, up to Scotland to savour the flavour of Arcade Beerworks. Uh, but first, in the hot topic, we're going to try to investigate how we can get pubs to your door. Thank you, young Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> what have you missed, apart from obviously all the, the actual things of going out and about and doing stuff, but what have you missed the most whilst uh, lockdown has been going on? Pub culture. As in being in a pub, hearing the noises, being able to go watch uh, watch sport in a pub with a beer, seeing all your mates having a laugh. So Simo, what can I? What would you say if I were to tell you we could bring that pub culture, maybe not the full pub culture and the full pub experience, but we could bring an element, an essence of that to your door? I would say that's dangerous, but intriguing. Even even the pickled onions in a jar <laughs> that haven't been touched for years. The sticky floor that sometimes happens when you go to the, and like and the, and they've built. I want like you know spilt beer. I want someone who's who's. I want a local sat in the corner. That's a bit weird. You can't do that. But you know, have that local that comes in. Well, let's not rule it out. I don't know the full like scope of what you can request on this, but you can. There's a company that's been set up called Pub to Your Door by a young guy called uh, George Dean of 25 years old, who was a former bar manager, and he's been trying to find a way of keeping drinks flowing for thirsty Londoners by creating a pub on wheels. So he wants to bring back that experience of a pub to make the coronavirus lockdown more bearable. Now, you can go on right now if you're in the London area and you can Google pubtoyourdoor.com and you can go in and book George's services where he will come in. And I, I give you not, there's some photos of this. It looks fantastic. Like It literally looks out the back of a van. You know, very nicely done out the back of a van, load of wood cladding with beer taps. And, uh, you know, they've got Camden on tap. I can see their beer selections right now. They've got Camden. Uh, they've got, like, looks to be some sort of like craft, like kind of nondescript kind of like tap font on there as well. Um, you know, they've got a Prosecco as well. So, you know, for, this enough that you could expect from the public atmosphere. Um, I'm sure if you were to tell them ahead of time, Samo, your, you know, your, your weird kind of like local from the corner could be also brought along to sit there. Uh, you might be able to get some pub, uh, pub, uh, you know, snacks, like some pork scratchings going on. I see. Yes. Will there be, a, will there be a urinal? <laughs> Well, the beauty of this, Rich, is that it comes to your door. It's uh-huh. pub to your door. So you can use your own home facilities, but with the luxury of the pub outside your door. Well, that means I might need to install a urinal. Because <laughs> if I want the full pub experience, I want to kind of be slightly stooped up against the wall, trying to wee into a urinal. Yeah, or maybe one of those like troughs that you have in the men's yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but surely, if, if it's your pub to your door, you're wearing slippers and a dressing gown. Mm. Talking about pub to your door, what would you say has been your attire for the lockdown? Okay, so it's an interesting look. Um, it's kind of casual tracksuit bottoms, usually a Canterbury pair. Uh, and then I usually have some sort of nondescript fluffy hoodie with a dressing gown over the top. Because that's a class, and it's the patchwork red and black one. And then probably the hoodie has to be over the head with a woolly hat already, and then headphones over the top. Oh, well, my one is continuously great shirts, as you can see what I'm wearing right now. Uh, this one this one was £2.50 from a charity shop. It's pretty phenomenal. For, for those listening, Drabbers is wearing a turquoise shirt, short sleeve shirt, 
with with flowers on, with the kind of like gold gold emblazoned colour. And a hella deep V. Allowing <laughs> the hair to be flowing from the chest, yes. yes. Oh, and, and shorts. Then, and one thing I did forget as well is I do wear Superman slippers as well, just for the added look. Right, so going back to this, would you guys be interested in a pub-to-your-door offering? So I, I would like to uh, like just see, like, how much is it going to cost for a man to drive, drive, drive to my house and give me beer? That, that was my one, was how much does it cost, or could I do exactly the same for a tenner? <laughs> so what I have, pub-to-your-door menu, okay, reading from Ooh. the website. Camden Pale Ale, £6.00. Camden Hell's Lager, £6. Picante, Black Lines Picante, which is a cocktail apparently, £8. They also offer pub snacks of Black Horse Biltong for £3.50. So it feels like, I don't know if there's a charge for him to come to your door, or if this is just a guy driving around a van in these locations. He drives or he serves uh, SW11, SW18, SW12, SW17, SW4, and SW8. So around my area, actually. I'm in SW11. Uh, so I don't know if he's just, at the weekends, just delivery hours are between Wednesday and Saturday, 11am to 11pm. So I don't know if he's just driving around in his mobile pu- pub and just waiting for someone to, to book on the app, and then he just drives and just pulls a couple of pints for them. Is it in a glass? So it's in a, like, you get a pint. Well, plastic cups because you can't have glassware outside it. It's but, but, and you can just take it away. That's so. I, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it even more. Oh, I was going to say, could he be like the ice cream man? I feel that would be a bit more down my street <laughs> sort of thing. He's got some beer related, like some umpa music or something like that from like the German beer festivals <laughs> or some of that, and then excited people over the age of 18 you know how you remember you were a little kid i still i still get excited for an ice cream van now but if the ice cream van was a beer man i could get really excited running down the street towards the beer man and then you just see hordes of men and women running 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 towards the beer man while umpa music's playing i think you're spot on there drabs i think the ice cream man for beer is is a great kind of description of what pub to your door could or should be um you know they should be pumping out music for people to come and say oh i know what that sound is there's a pub. There's a pub to your door nearby. Let's go. Let's go chase it down. As it, it needs to be catchy as well. The song, the the tune needs to be old school noise. It can't be like. I feel like it needs to be like a really traditional sound. Pa 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 pa. Just that. And it, <laughs> what is a really traditional sound? <laughs> I think we leave it there. I think we leave it there. Yeah, Listeners, yeah. if you know what a really traditional sound is, like, please let us know. Maybe like some steel works, <laughs> you know, moving. The coal yes. industry moving. Choo, choo. There you go. Oh, right. funny. Before we get digress even further into what a really old traditional sound is. So this week we're going to be talking about arcade beer works from Scotland. And actually, Simo, what, what, what are they all about? I mean, as you said, they're quite an enigma, but on their, uh, they do say that they're... So they started off with Rob Gilmore and Kevin O'Donnell. Um, and despite clocking up over 13 years in the industry, Kevin, as an editor of a beer magazine, Rob, as a product buyer for a beer retailer, they always classified craft beer as play rather than work, which I, I absolutely love. That. So I think they kind of realised that they had an opportunity to get into it because obviously when you have that much experience in alcohol if that makes sense because obviously being in the magazine is not necessarily to do with the actual creation of beer 
that they were about they because they were bound to kind of join together and make something happen. Basically, the arcade beer works was just come from their love of beer and the, the fact that they wanted to create something that was good and enjoyable and fun because basically all they would do was talk about beer and all they would do was write about it. And I think it was like a natural progression for them. And that's how it was born. And I think that's why they wanted to push on everyone. What they were saying is the fact that it is always for amusement only. And that's labelled actually on the cans, isn't it? Like a tagline. By calling their company Arcade, you know, obviously springs that mind of, you know, going down to the seaside, going to those arcades where you've got slot machines, you've got the kind of the, the penny the penny game, you know, where you put pennies down and, it you know, they all rack up and then like more pennies will get pushed off the end. Um, actually, you know, you mean, Rich, you might have a bit more experience in that living by the sea for so long. Uh, those kind of like down the down the boardwalks and stuff. Under the boardwalk, down by the sea. Well, well, I do. This is so. So when so when I moved down here, we've I've I've been I've frequented the arcade more than I probably should have, and I do actually have a wad <laughs> of tickets or like receipts now from all the tickets I've won in the arcade because because I'm saving up to buy to to buy something from the wonderful arcade shop. But we've got about. 9,000, I think. Nice. That's an impressive wad of tickets for the arcade. Yeah. So the, the arcade's whole kind of vibe, I suppose, is, as you said, it's that amusement and fun, uh, you know, kind of celebrating that endless fun of beer that has to offer, which is, you know, an interesting phrase that they're... they're I mean, that's what they're, their words. Uh, it's a celebration of endless fun beer has to offer. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there's obviously a lot of enjoyment and 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 fun and and you know, beer brands and beer companies have a lot more license to play in this kind of quite fun and jovial space. But I definitely don't want to kind of say that you know that it's all about the fun, just because that obviously if you talk about entertainment, you talk about about arcades, you talk about fun, it obviously brings it quite a juvenile, quite childish, you know, kind of like connotations. And obviously, beer is nothing is not for children. I would say that what they're kind of going for, I feel like, is that the nostalgia of it, right? So it's, I feel like maybe they're gearing towards more the idea of it's like the nostalgia of the fact that it feels like what it used to be like to go to an arcade, potentially, just to like caveat what you're saying. Yeah, I think you're right, but it's also, it's a beer. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like they're closely aligning themselves with, if they're talking about nostalgia, then you're still talking about when we're younger. Mm. Yeah. You're still talking about when you're underage to drink beer. And so that's a bit interesting that they're trying to really hammer that home it's about the fun the entertainment um you know i mean if they're trying to have an encapsulation of this is about entertainment this is about enjoyment we've heard breweries talk about that before you know we talked about um a non-alcoholic beer company recently that infinity that was all about the the enjoyment about it you know i think there's a way of talking about entertainment fun arcade that isn't you know saying it's about nostalgia and trying this is intrinsically trying to link you back to remember when you were you know six years old at the boardwalk and you were able to put 10p into a slot machine you know because it was there i was gonna say i've also never drunk beer in an arcade mm. yeah because you're <laughs> too young to do it i i really like the um style of the can and i like the fact that we what i've just noticed from you guys by all of us putting up our beers to the uh, the video that we've all got different versions but all for the colors right so what i find really interesting and amazing about this brewery um and and the design i would say the design is what's so fascinating about this company um you know they've actually had a, quite a few articles on die on the die line which you know if you're a, a proponent or follower of anything to do with design the die line is is the one to go for you can win some serious great, great awards for design and they have done a lot of features on on this design so their beers are actually numbered right now they only have four beers so one two three four uh, Simo, I believe you have number one. 
I do, and it is the um, number one, which is IPA. So it's a traditional Indian pale ale, being crisp, clean, and easy to drink. I've got number two, which is their pale ale, and 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 Rich, you have number three, their citrus pale ale. Nice, and number four is the New England Session IPA. Everything to do with this brand, uh, they have taken the you know what you would have like the slots or the kind of the little tokens that you would get at those machines. Um, you know, so you wouldn't actually ever play arcade machines with real money. You'd always go and exchange your money for arcade tokens and then play with those tokens. So you can see around the emblem, which is like one of these little tokens. It's like a, a pentagram. That's, pentagram is the one word, isn't it? What's a, what's a five-sided shape called? Pentagram. It is a pentagram, isn't it? Hexagon. No, yeah. oh, hexagon six. Square. <laughs> no, pentagram is a pentagram, yeah. So it's got a pentagram around it, and it's got the the number in of the numeral inside, and around the outside it says "good for one play." Yeah. So I quite like that that they are really leaning into this kind of arcade, this kind of entertainment. You know, the fact that it's about jovial in a celebration of beer in a more playful way. You know, and and, and they have up there on the on the label as well, like one play uh, repeated again. You no, know, and they've got you know really interesting kind of way of laying out the can, which looks very similar to each design, but the colour is what's different and the copy is slightly different on the can, but it, they look very consistent, don't they? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I really like it. Because what, what, what I've also noticed is they, they haven't chosen to do any dark or stouts or anything like that. All of their ales are quite light and refreshing. They haven't kind of strayed down that way. So I was wondering if that was playing into something along those lines as well, that they don't want, they, they wanted to keep it light, refreshing, happy-go-lucky. I feel like they've created four potential like session beers. It makes me feel like they, they haven't gone for like this quirky like one-try one beers. It feels like they've, they've made four solid, well, we can talk about the flavour, but four beers that are supposed to be drunk in kind of like you have a session on one, you have a session on two, you have a session on three. But... I really like uh, the number one. I don't think it blows me away in any way. And it does say that it's supposed to have grapefruit, citrus and gooseberry. And I would say that there is a, a lingering taste of like sweetness. And I do taste the grapefruit, which I really love. <coughs> I absolutely love grapefruit. And I can taste it all the way through it. Um, so who's got the number two? I'm on number two. So I think, uh, and it's interesting that you say about the session. I hadn't really quite twigged that, but... The IPA, the number one that you've got, Simo, is 4.5%, which is very low on an IPA scale. It's more of a traditional IPA kind of ABV. Pale ale that I have is 3.8%. The citrus pale ale that Rich has is 4%. And their New England Session IPA is a 45 So it's weird that the Session IPA is uh, is still the same as an IPA because usually Session ales are usually a bit bit low on the ABV. But I think going back to it, as you said, this isn't like you know, one-hit wonders. These are beers that are meant to be enjoyed over time. Yeah, the, 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 the beer works too, which is what they call it, which is the pale ale. They're referring to it as meant to be thirst-quenching, subtle flavours. The citrus really comes through and it dries your mouth out as well. Oh, okay. They're saying that it's meant to have an orange and biscuity malt. I don't know. I think that's stretching a little bit. This is a this is an okay pale ale. Like this is very sessionable. It's three point eight percent. Similar to the IPA that you've just talked about, Simo. It doesn't blow my. It doesn't blow me away in the flavor profile. You know, it's it's not aggressive in that way. It's not a. You know, it's meant to be smooth. It's meant to be something that you can drink over time. Like easy. It is an easy beer, but again, pale ales as pale ales go, there's a high bar and high quality of other products that are out there as a pale ale. Okay, so uh, Drabble, what do you think about number three? So it's exact. I've got the citrus pale ale. I was going to say, yeah, well, like the, the citrus pale ale, it's, it's the same as you guys have said. It's nice and it's fine, but there's nothing blowing me away about it. It says it, it has a mild citrusy taste to it, which which is nice. But I, I can't get, and I get the bit of the fruity aroma, but I don't get the biscuity flavours. 
but it is it, it is a session now and I, I could drink a few of them and I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say no but they're not something I don't think I'm going to come back to right away it sounds bad but I feel like um the way I feel about them is if they're in the if, if you went around to someone's house and they're in the fridge I wouldn't turn it away if somebody had bought me a crate of 20 beers and there happened to be four arcade beers in there I wouldn't say no like I I, I feel like it's a, a very solid beer a drink and it's you it's like that's and it feels like a safe bet almost like it's not actually it's not over the top in anything yeah is it like so i think i might have figured out why this this these beers are are, are okay but the branding is very on point with the design so this brand is actually owned by flavorly oh oh Flavorly were looking for a way of securing their own supply chain. There are, as, as we talked about before, Flavorly is a beer subscription model, you know, company where you basically go online, you can buy beers direct through them and they deliver them to your door. Flavorly have gone full circle. So they've decided that they want to secure their own beer supply, their own beers, rather than just relying on other breweries and selling their other beers. Uh, and they've created a beer company or production behind it and a brand, which they have called Arcade Beer Works. So this is a purely manufactured by another bigger, like a beer subscription model company, beer, which is why I think we're probably finding that there's a little bit of like, what's this company about? Who are these people? What's the story? So it did feel a little bit like vague, you know, the fact that they've got two founders that have, you know, one was an editor for a beer magazine and one was, you know, is a buyer for beer things. They just, they they work for Flavorly or they are Flavorly. I don't really know the relationship. So it's a bit like, oh, okay, so they're just, they're just trying to close the loop. They're trying to create the beers that they're already selling to people. I'm not saying, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. And that's a very smart marketing, you know, and, and business savvy move. You know, you want to do it. You do that with any kind of beer company. If you are offering, not beer company, but any kind of industry, if you're offering or you're the selling platform, you would try and go down the, the vertical, you know, of your of your business. So if you, you know, it happens with anything. If you're selling the beers, you would want to secure the, you know, the vertical of your, your business and, you know, deal with the source. You want to be the source yourself so that you always, like, secure the way of you know, the, 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 what you're selling. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, stop laughing at me, Drabwell. <laughs> Sorry, Drabs, were you trying to say something? I just laughing at Simo trying to end it again. That's what I, No, it's not because I was trying to end it. It's just because Joe kind of went off, like, and he kind of finished up. At... Why this company has made a lot of headlines, especially in the lights of the die line for their design, is because they are they were designed by Thirst, and we've talked about Thirst before. For they did the design for Thir- uh, for Thornbridge, and okay. you know they're, they're kind of Jaipur beers and you know those beers. So you know they're a Glasgow Scotland based company as well, um, and they're obviously making a name for themselves in this craft beer industry of being the ones that you go to for you know good good beer design and and, and work that you do there. So so I think that's really fascinating to see. Um, you know, looking through Thirst portfolio, it's a lot of small spirit brands, but a lot of beer companies in here. Thornbridge being one of them, of course. Um, didn't you also say that they weren't... What was the uh, terminology that Drabble found out? You, Joe, you said they were a thingy brewer. Contract brewer. Oh, yeah. So Okay, so so I think going, this makes a little bit more sense now, but the fact that they are... They're owned by Flavorly, but they are a contract brewer. And I don't actually know too much about what that is, Drabble. So a contract brewer is somebody who doesn't actually own a brewing site. So they will rent part of a brewing site or they'll rent the production line from from a brewing company which kind of makes a lot of sense if these guys don't have a headquarters or a base and they're owned by Flavorly and if Flavorly are looking to say they they need to add some beers to a collection they'll rent some production from a different brewer and maybe buy a 
beer from them sort of thing and then name it underneath their name name it underneath their brand so they've got something to throw into the boxes that they're putting out numbers wise okay so numbers wise on twitter they have 24 followers and they're not following anyone 24 yeah and on instagram they have uh 68 followers wow we're actually way bigger than them they're followed by flavorly Oh, nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would actually say though, like all joking aside, like, I, if you haven't tried one, I, if you can get hold of one, it's not. I would try it because you might like it. I, I kind of feel like you're mostly going to find Arcade Beer Works if you order through Flavorly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's basically where you're going to get this this beer for a long, long time. And that's all we have time for from this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so, from me, Joe, Rich, and Simo, goodbye. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Twitter and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. Always drink responsibly and if you or anyone else needs some help go to drinkaware.co.uk for more information. Drink aware.